to him who sits upon the throne and to the Lamb be blessing and honor and glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. The text for the message today really are almost all of our readings except the psalm which we don't use today. But let me highlight what you just heard. Uh, the Holy Gospel appointed for this day, the first Sunday in Advent, is Mark chapter 11, the story of Palm Sunday. And that'll get us into it. <laughs> in the name of Christ, I have just one question to really get us into God's word today, the sermon title today. What day is it? What day is it? That is a question that is getting asked and has been asked for how long? Let's see. March, April, May, June, July, August, September, October, November. Nine months now, people actually have found themselves in situations where they have asked, what day is it? My own son, last spring semester, had to finish this semester like a lot of college students at home, and at home he often would lose track of times of days. And there were a couple of times I think Joseph turned to me and said, Dad, what, what day is it? And that shows something of an issue for us. COVID-19 has caused such disorientation, not only in our calendar, but in so many other more serious ways, our relationships have been disoriented our jobs sadly and even income have been been disoriented school you kids know has has been changed and things in the church also even our holidays did you have this experience the last few days weren't weren't the same we had to figure things out. My family, like many, did not gather with the extended group. We got some high school students who didn't want to have to isolate because of contact with others. So we all did our separate things. And it was strange on Thursday. My daughter couldn't come because she had to isolate in Ohio where she was visiting her boyfriend. <laughs> and... So we had four people with a whole turkey, and although we didn't ask the question, it kind of crossed my mind, is this Thanksgiving? <laughs> and it was, because we gave thanks with an extended prayer around the meal. But it was strange, even the next day, I thought, whoa, 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 is this Black Friday? My girls did not go out shopping the way they usually do and on and on. Now I have tried, I even said, I think here at 8.30, perhaps I know at 11 last week, that I'm hoping Sundays can provide some normalcy 
for you and all this disorientation that there is a regularity about your your weekly worship gathering for God's word and sacraments but I I got to tell you that today however this question is posed even more I said at the outset I did not have my usual greeting that I have almost always used on the first Sunday of accent of Advent to accent this oftentimes after saying Christ is risen I will then wish you Happy New Year and that adds to the confusion for people when the things are normal it's not bad it makes people think whoa wait what new year well we christians have a different calendar than people of the world right and this month especially i think it's accentuated in in a lot of ways uh, this is advent right now it's not yet christmas and like most lutheran pastors i try to hold people back a bit to celebrate in full Christmas when it occurs technically when the Sun goes down on December 24th that's our start of the Christmas season and it continues 12 days until the epiphany of our Lord January 6th so we wish happy new year today and then we hold off on Christmas a bit we'll, we'll give in some we sing some Christmas carols this Wednesday night um, Definitely at 11, I think also at 6.30. But it, it is confusing. Everyone else thinks it's definitely Christmas, and we're saying, no, it's the season of Advent to prepare not only for the celebration of his arrival in the womb of Mary and then in a manger, but his arrival in glory is our accent these first few weeks. I felt that explanation was needed this year with all the chaos in our world. I do wish you a happy new Christian year today, but then another curveball occurs. The gospel reading for this Sunday has, for 15 years, the primary gospel, been one of the gospels story of the triumphal entry of jesus on palm sunday and as noted in the bulletin and on the screens you go what wait palm sunday in november well there's a reason for it first of all the the old lectionary i think this is the reason repeated as they switch gospels we used to be in matthew now for a year we'll be in mark mostly repeated some of the same things we just heard from the gospel of matthew reverend raleigh is, is preaching on the alternate gospel today the old one from mark chapter 13 as jesus predicts his coming in glory like a master putting his servants in charge we just heard that two weeks ago from Matthew, didn't we? And then telling them to stay awake. We heard that three weeks ago with the parable of the ten virgins. So this one is appointed. It connects to the theme. The, the 
arrival of Jesus. That's what Advent means here in Jerusalem, right? Indeed, to go to the cross and suffer and die for the sins of the whole world, for every sin gathered here today and all sins of all time, and then to rise from the dead, not just as an earthly king, but a king over sin, death, and the devil. It does fit the theme, but it sounded weird. It always has and always will to me to read the Palm Sunday story on this week. I've just added to the confusion here today, so far. What day is it? Well, as I said, I'm going to try to connect the other readings here today. And I think 1 Corinthians chapter 1 might help. This is the beginning of Paul's letter to this congregation in Corinth. There's some wonderful promises at the start. I give thanks to my God always for you because of the grace of God that was given you in Christ Jesus in every way you were enriched in him in all speech and knowledge you are not lacking any spiritual gift he said this to a congregation that had so many obvious problems as you read the rest of the letter indeed even sins but they had all the gifts of god just like the sinners here but then he says you wait for the revealing of our lord jesus christ who will sustain you to the end, here's a promise, guiltless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is faithful. Indeed, he mentions the day there. The most important day, the climactic day, the final day, Indeed, as we start Advent, what we anticipate even more than our Christmas celebration, the day when he appears in glory and consummately shows his victory over our guilt and sin with his public judgment of, of all of us, his accounting us guiltless in that judgment as we receive the glory that is his, shared forever in heaven, the resurrection of our bodies, and with our eyes, life everlasting. Wow, that's the day. But as I preached a few weeks ago, that is also today. You remember that sermon I preached, Jesus will come, arrive, appear in 15 minutes. I'm going to repeat that message again because this is that day when we need to expect him in all his glory. And he does appear amongst us with all those gifts now received by faith, forgiveness, life, and eternal salvation. You can see it in Isaiah 64 when he talks about Indeed, praise, O oh God, that you would rend the heavens and come down. Appear, O oh Lord. Yes, the mountains would quake and nations would tremble. 
But he talks about it as something not only that is happening now, but happening in the past, past tense, you came down and the mountains quake. I think that refers to Mount Sinai when Moses went up and received the, the Torah, the revelation of God, including the Decalogue, what we call the Ten Commandments and all of God's teaching. But then he says it's present tense in verse 5. You meet him, present tense, who joyfully works righteousness, those who remember you in your ways. Our saving God is coming to us today. Indeed, meets us not with the damnation we deserve. Isaiah goes on to confess the sins of the people of his day. We have become like one who is unclean. All our iniquities like the wind take us away. God, you have hidden your face from us, made us melt in the hand of our iniquities. He meets those who joyfully do works of righteousness. The next line explains what works of righteousness are. As I said a couple of weeks ago, that's not earning God's arrival. That is the display of what he's already given. Righteousness. Remembering his ways that he has come at Mount Sinai in Isaiah's day. On the first Palm Sunday today and in glory. Indeed, with his forgiveness Isaiah prays, Lord, you are our father. We are the clay, you are the potter. Be not so terribly angry. Remember not iniquity forever. And he would not as he arrived amongst them. Indeed, with some discipline, Jeremiah, a few years later, in the voice of God said, I will forgive their sin and remember their iniquity no more forever and ever his grace. and his presence with us in this world of confusion. Again, I found a Bible verse that connects. 2 Corinthians chapter 6 tells us what day it is. Paul there, quoting Isaiah, says, In a favorable time I listened to you. In a day of salvation I have helped you. That's that's the day. Behold, Paul explains, now is the favorable time. Now is the day of salvation. Now, we sang in the opening hymn, is the advent of our king. Now he comes amongst us as he could with his wrath and judgment, but as he does for those who have his righteousness in Christ, with his forgiveness, grace, and power and peace to go forth and serve. I shared in a email devotion a month ago after All Saints Sunday how certain hymns make me probably you think of certain people in your past. I mentioned the hymn for all the saints that makes me think of my father who died on All Saints Sunday and we sang that at his funeral and, and there are others I listed. Bible verses do the same, do they not? Don't you think of certain people when you read certain verses or hear them? For instance, I think of Adeline Husey, 
one of my first homebound members, I took her communion. When I hear Luke chapter 10, there is one thing needful, Jesus said. That was her confirmation verse. I think of Cynthia Chapa when I hear John 5, 39, Jesus said, you search the scriptures because you think in them they have eternal life and these are they that bear witness of me. I think of Cynthia because she taught me something about that verse and every time I read it, I remember. But there is a verse that causes me to think of Alvin Horseman and his wife, Virginia. Alvin, I knew only for a few short months here on earth. He was the first person I buried as a pastor. And it was either before he died or after that his wife, Virginia, told me the story of Psalm 118.24. You know that verse? I think you do. You can finish it. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Every morning he had severe heart problems for many years. Didn't know if he'd open his eyes each morning here on earth. And they would sit on the edge of the bed and recite that. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Whether we live or die, we are the Lord's, right? Such faith. It is that day. It's the day the Lord has made as we begin Advent with different days than the world. As we celebrate Palm Sunday, remember our Lord coming amongst us with a, a purpose different from the world suffer, die, and rise. As we, as we look forward to Christmas and know who that baby in the manger is, and as we look to that final day, what day is it always? The Lord's day. Amen.